0: Good afternoon. The time is 4 p.m. and you're tuned to KDNK, Community Access Radio. I'm your host, Raleigh Burley, editor of The Soper Sun, with two very special guests here in the studio. First off, we got Jeannie Soldern.
1: Hello, Raleigh. Beautiful day today.
0: Isn't it? Yeah. The sun's shining. Spring is hinting on the horizon. (laughs) Right. Not here quite yet. But soon enough. And also joining us here in studio, we have the one, the only, Nick Eisenberg, the tactile traveler. Nick, how are you doing?
2: Really well, thank you.
0: And uh, everything's good with your headphones, everything? Yep. Ah, excellent. Well, so Nick joining us in studio, it's a delight to have you. And it was um, a really fun article for me to write in this week's edition of the Sopra Sun For people who maybe haven't read the article and are unfamiliar with your show, why don't you start by telling us what is The Tactile Traveler?
2: The Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low-vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. And it's a travel show, although what we consider travel when you're blind is anything outside your house. Mm-hmm. Um, if you use a white cane or a guide dog, that's all called travel if, if you're for blind people. And what uh, what it is is that we don't see romantic sunsets and towering mountains. So I came up with a show for blind people and our sighted traveling companion, um to – make more do more meaningful things for blind people so they can experience things better mm-hmm. and that's kind of what the show's about,
0: yeah, and I think it uh you know full disclosure and it's in the article but uh I was working at Katie and K as the program director in two thousand and nineteen when Nick Eisenberg called, and uh he was looking for a production studio because he had this idea about making a show where blind people could feel empowered. Um, and the way you described it at the time, Nick, is a lot of people who go blind, perhaps have been sighted, um, might fall into a depression or might feel kind of intimidated or afraid to do any exploration. And, and it's common that people will end up in their apartment and not really ever leave. Um, and so you wanted to... Break through to people and encourage them to continue to explore the world.
2: Right. That- when I was a student at the Colorado Center for the Blind, we had a class called philosophy where you talked about being blind. And over and over and over again, people kept saying, "Um, I didn't leave my apartment for 10 years after I became blind. And or, you know, 20 years until I came to school here. And. So I realize I have the skills to do something about that.
0: Mm -hmm. And I want to point out, too, um, that you do your own audio editing on this show, and you you do receive some help, um, but a lot of it you're doing on your own. And for anybody who's never edited audio, you see the sound waves, you use your mouse cursor, and you select parts of it to amplify those sound waves or to cut ums and clicks out of the show. Um, but it's extremely site oriented, ironically enough. So you had been a TV producer and you had experience already making those kinds of edits with your site. Um, tell us a little bit about learning to do it, um, just by your hearing.
2: Well, okay. I use, um, Gold Wave, which is, it it will adjust for people that are blind, and it's audio software, audio editing software. And uh, editing audio is like editing gold, uh, it's just like doing um, word processing for waveforms. If you want to highlight a word, you can make it louder or quieter or echo or delete it or copy it or whatever. But I can't see that. I, don't, I can't use a mouse. I'm totally blind. So I use Gold Wave, and I can – there's ways you do it to highlight something or what's equivalent to highlighting. And, but I can't adjust levels. Levels are how loud things are, and Raleigh is looking at dials right now, and if I'm too loud, he will turn me down, or if I'm too low, he'll turn me up, and I can't do that. So I ultimately met this woman called uh, Kaylee Romero in Hawaii through an app called Be My Eyes, and she's doing my post-production for me now. So she balances all the levels, so they're all the same amount allowed, and she takes out all the min- the small clicks and stuff, um, which she can see on her computer screen is a line. If it's a loud click, it's a thick line. If it's a little tiny click, um, I have a way of touching my tongue to the roof of my mouth, and it clicks. That would be a little skinny line, and she can just highlight those and delete them. And she's very conscientious and does a really, really good job.
0: So I did, when we were doing our interview at your home in Glenwood Springs, record a little bit when you showed me using Gold Wave to edit. And I wanted to play some of that clip just to give people an idea. So if you're driving, don't close your eyes. If you are in a position where you can, maybe just uh, imagine... What's happening on a screen? If this is what you had to go off of.
2: Oh, okay. I use Gold Wave for me to make sure you see call it back, Gold Wave. Gold Wave. The open file is making reservations on the reservation produced dash twenty minutes dash forty seconds dot wav. menu w more with nine making reservations under eight one seven zero eight seven making dash call dash to many hawaiian visitors doug watch six untitled one six five making dash call you can dash interview copy dog wa enter leaving menus the open file is making dash call you can dash the start marker is set at 7.060 second seconds. what after you're is me and folks line from alexis you know you this you what Okay, we should be recording. Would you spell and pronounce both names and give me your title, please? you hey, hear all that noise? Hello, Hello. Hello. For some reason, that's on my my channel. And, you know, this thing splits it. So I'm on the left channel and she's on the right. So what I do, oh, maybe I did it.
0: Um, What's your title?
2: Director. Executive Director. Space. Okay, this so is the, the markers set 24. at 27.190 seconds. Okay, so then what do I do? The right channel is selected for editing. Copied selected sound to clip. Both channels are selected for it. G. Director. A. Executive Director. <laughs> I'm the executive director
0: of Alakukui Retreat What is that? So I have to edit out all that noise Alright, so just to uh, give a sense like there you were taking a buzzing noise out of one channel that was coming from your microphone um, and navigating all of that through this robotic voice, it's really right. incredible.
2: Yeah, and it's time-consuming. Stories that I used to do in 15 minutes take me days, mm-hmm. but I just persevere.
1: You know, when I was listening to the audio, it reminded me like of air traffic controllers. So you're getting commands at the same time? Is that what it's doing?
2: Correct. Okay. It tells me anything I touch on the screen, keys or anything. Um, it tells me what buttons I pushed
0: mm-hmm. well um what oh, keys you touched on just now that you've been a journalist for five decades and so you couldn't give it up and you're now tackling some of the more difficult stories you've ever done reaching out to sources for stories people have never done before like on blind, blind birding or um blind surfing or what to do if you're stuck in a protest or riot and you're blind um, and so I just wanted to to call that out that you've built upon your journalistic experience and now you're doing really really unique stuff
2: yeah it, it is and it, it these are the most challenging stories I've ever done um, the hard part is figuring out how to find people to Interview, I mean, who would be an expert on what to do if you're blind and accidentally end up in the middle of a riot or demonstration you don't want to be in and I found someone
0: <laughs> well, we uh, mentioned earlier that you you found Kaylee Romero who's helping you do some editing now from Hawaii that the tactile traveler is kind of a global enterprise at this time. And you met her through an app called Be My Eyes, where people can sign up to volunteer and then they can be paired with blind people. And using a smartphone camera they can help them see what what they need to see and can't see. Um and I wanted to shout out to Jeannie Soldern here yeah. who who might be the newest volunteer to join Be My Eyes.
1: Yeah, it was very easy. I had read Raleigh's article this morning, and I thought, well, this is intriguing, even just to look at it to see what it's about. Mm -hmm. So you can get the app on your phone, and it's very easy. You just use your email address and first name, and and you tell it what language you will take uh, inquiries, you'll take questions in, and so, you know, I just put my name in English, and then you can watch a little um, kind of tutorial video. And in this case, it was a woman who had was using her app to choose a sweater for the day. And there was a red turtleneck and a white turtleneck, and she wanted to wear the red one. And so she had uh, both of the turtlenecks in front of her and the... A cited person on the other end of that call said, uh, The one you want is on your right hand side. So, I mean, you know, Nick has talked about, I mean, you've done editing. I mean, qu- you know, questions can be really simple like that. And then I'm sure things can get complex sometimes. But uh, I'm, you know, they said, it may be a week or two before you get your first call. So I'm actually really kind of psyched about getting my first call. And if you're unavailable to take the call when it comes, uh, it will it will tell you who it's from when it comes. And then you can just decline, you can either answer or decline the call, and then it will rotate to the next person in line, kind of. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I'm really... So how did you even f- find that app?
2: Um, blind Friend told me about it. Okay. And I talk about it on the show all my t- all the time because there are so many ways it helps blind people when you're traveling. Um, for example, when I had to go to Denver uh, last week, I used Be My Eyes to make sure I didn't leave anything outside of my suitcase on my bed or on the floor. And she checked around and told me there was nothing left out of my suitcase.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: <laughs> And um, in a, like when I'm in a hotel, before I check out, I make sure there's nothing in the hotel. We go through drawers. We go through the bathroom, the bedroom, you know, everything around right. to make sure I didn't leave anything there.
1: Yeah. So just practical kinds of things like that.
0: Yeah, right. And you mentioned to me before we came on the radio, you used it recently for cooking. You were making something and wanted to make sure you didn't put pinto beans in your pasta sauce oh yeah last <laughs> night right i was
2: making spaghetti sauce and uh a be my eyes volunteer helped me go through my pantry and pick out a can of i needed chopped tomatoes and i picked up pinto beans by mistake it's not like i've never done that <laughs> <laughs> it tastes awful <laughs>
0: So, Nick, in the show, we talk a little bit about how you, or in the article, how you came to be blind. Um, Do you want to explain a little bit that story for our listeners?
2: Yeah. Um, Well, I was the second most premature baby to live when I was born in 1942. I was 90 days premature, 2 pounds and 11 and 3 quarter ounces, and I was in an incubator for 10 weeks and they had just started using incubators in hospitals that year and I was born in June. And uh, up to then they only used them in freak shows like Coney Island, come see the little bitty babies. And so um, I was in an incubator 10 weeks and they didn't know that too much oxygen pressure was destroying kids' eyes. They didn't know it for 10 years. And so I lost my right eye immediately and it messed up my left eye. But I was still driving and stuff uh, until about nine years ago. And then my, uh, I had a bunch of problems and the doctor screwed up eye surgery. And I had three cornea transplants and rejected them all. And then a couple of years ago, um, they said my cornea was crystallizing. And it was just going to start leaking, so we we removed it under ideal conditions instead of waiting for it to be an emergency. Mm-hmm. So I'm totally blind, both my eyes are plastic.
0: Mm. And prior to losing your second eye, you you traveled the world. You were taking photographs in Antarctica.
2: Oh yeah, I'm very fortunate. I've been on all seven continents. I've been to Antarctica twice. I've been. I've hiked on Mount Everest. I have not climbed Mount Everest, and uh, I'm so. I'm. I'm very lucky that I have traveled to all these places, and it gave me some of the background. And not only that, what really in, part of what inspired the show is that people. I find out people were um going you know, not leaving their apartments and stuff. And then I realized Glenwood Springs has all these tactile experiences. Whitewater rafting, hot springs pools, rock climbing, all these tactile things. And all that together uh is how I came up with the show.
0: One of those early stories you did was about the uh the braille trail up Independence Pass, right? Yes sir. Could you tell people about that? Because I didn't know that existed until oh, I heard the show. yeah.
2: When you go over Independence Pass, um, on your going towards Leadville, on your left side, um, I guess fairly near the top, is the Braille Trail. There'll be two trails. There'll be a wheelchair-accessible trail and the Braille Trail. And the Braille Trail's the first Braille Trail in the world, and it has you know plaques with braille writing on them and raised print so it'll tell you and there's a a rope you hold on to and so you follow the rope around and it's a loop and um, every when the rope stops because it's at a pole there'll be a sign there in Braille that'll describe what you're looking at, what you're standing in front of, stick your hand in front of you and feel the needles on the pine tree and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's interesting. um, People who have guide dogs, the guide dog goes on your left, and the Braille trail is set up so that you hold the rope with your left hand. Um, I'm sure they didn't think of it when they designed it, originally but it should go the other way and since it's a loop they could have done that but now it's a big ordeal to change uh, it
0: hmm.
2: mm.
1: um yeah well that's i never heard of a braille drill before that's pretty cool um i did want to touch on one thing that raleigh mentions in the article and it's that your very first episode of the tactile traveler won a colorado press association award
2: uh, one Colorado broadcasters. There's some uh, plaques out here, apparently.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and I think I might have said press association. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs>
2: so I, it was named the best small and medium market community service program in Colorado, and it also was named the best small separate, best small market podcast for Utah, Arizona, Colorado, Wyoming, and New Mexico.
0: And uh, when we were doing our interview, we did take a look at his um, stats on Apple. And it was kind of cute. There were a lot of reviews that said, I met Nick through Be My Eyes. He told me about this podcast. I'm so impressed. (laughs) Yeah, except
2: Be My Eyes won't let me talk about it anymore. Really? Yeah, they found out I was doing it. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I got this thing saying, you're not allowed to do that. Oh, I think they should sponsor
0: your show. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right.
1: So the other, and, and I was reading here, too, that uh, you were a semi- semi-finalist for the 25000 James Holman Prize? The
2: James Holman Prize, yeah, for blind ambition. James Holman was the first world explorer who wasn't, like, a, working on a ship and going somewhere, you know. And he was totally blind. And... I don't want to explore like he did. He went across Russia in the winter lying on a piece of wood being towed behind a horse.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh my.
2: Yes. That's not quite my idea of a good vacation.
0: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Although it's very tactile. Yeah. Um so uh they have a home in prize and um I came in as a runner up.
1: Okay. So was that for your show?
2: Um, Yeah, it was the show came in as a runner-up. It's really not just me. It's like um, when we're named the Audio Information Network carries the show, and that's a service that reads newspapers to people. Um, If you want someone to read the Aspen Times to you by 10 o'clock every morning, they'll do it. They don't read the Post independent but they do uh, a lot of papers. So anyway, um, I was named Volunteer of the Month for February. And it's really not just me. It's me and Kaylee. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't sound good without her.
1: So you two, have you met over Zoom? or?
2: I met her through Be My Eyes. Okay. Uh, what happened is... The show for you guys has to be 27 minutes and 30 seconds. It was 26.30 then. And the audio information required the show to be exactly 25 minutes. So I'm trying to get this thing down to 25 minutes, and I just couldn't hit Mm -hmm. 25. I could get 24.9, 25.2. And so I used Be My Eyes, and she's using, telling me to use my mouse, and she's trying to look at the computer screen, And, you know, we did this for an hour and a half, and finally she said, oh, I have the software. I can do it. I emailed it to her, and she did it in three seconds. Wow. And we became friends, and she's been helping me with the show since.
1: Very good. Very good. A nice friend to have, right? Oh, yeah.
2: She's wonderful.
1: Very cool. I wanted to ask you, um, I've only been in the Valley for about a little over four years now. What are services like in the Valley for visually impaired people?
2: Okay. um, RAFTA announces, the buses announce where they're going. They announce what the bus is when they open the doors, plus the drivers are patient. Mm -hmm. Um, I use bus stand a lot, and bus stands... as a matter of fact, uh, if I can get a volunteer to help me while I'm waiting for the bus, I did. Coming home from Denver, she can ride free uh, as the sighted guide.
1: Oh, yes.
2: She just went to Idaho Springs, but she helped me get on the bus and get get on the right bus, get my luggage in the luggage rack, and mm-hmm. she really did help me a lot because it was real confusing. There was a lot of people. There were a lot of people getting on several buses at the same time. Okay, and so those things are good um and then there's all kinds of tactile things here now, the thing it's uh and I don't know if it's a tourist town it makes it more. I can't walk further than around the block without somebody grabbing me. One day, I made it all the way to the hot springs pool without being grabbed, and then Seven people grabbed me at the pool.
0: Just to help you out?
2: Yeah. But, you know, I usually know where I'm at and I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, a lady that was drunk or higher or something decided to help me walking over the pedestrian bridge and she spun me in circles (laughs) and left. Oh, no. And I'm going to the pool and some guy decided he needed to help me. And I'm walking up the stairs to the upstairs locker room and I could swear I heard a woman's voice.
0: <laughs> uh, oh no!
2: I said, "Is this the ladies' locker room?" And she said, "Yes." And I said, "Well, I promise I won't look."
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to call out—we've got about four minutes left in today's uh, show. Uh huh. Um, the Tactile Traveler is going to air next on Tuesday, February seventh, this upcoming Tuesday at at four p.m. or four thirty. Four thirty. Four thirty. And uh, what's the topic?
2: I'm really excited about this show. Okay, a lot of us have gone to places like the Colorado Center for the Blind. And you learn how to cook and clean, and you learn how to cook while blind. Um, You do things like if you put a cutting knife down, it always goes under the cutting board. No exceptions. Mm. If that's down, the blade's under the cutting board. You learn how to put seasonings in your hand before you put it in the food. Okay. to make sure get a feel for what it is so you learn how to cook for while you're blind but no one has ever thought about how to cook for blind people it, presentation of food is a huge part of how it tastes and I go in the studies done on that and stuff and so the show mainly is about um, what can be done to replace the visual part of seeing food mm. to enhance its flavoring and stuff for make it a better experience for blind people? And you know, we go to restaurants and stuff like that. And
0: Great! That sounds like a fun show.
2: It, it was a lot of work finding yeah, someone well, to talk. Well,
1: about it. how yeah. did you actually find somebody to speak on that subject?
2: Well, that particular one, Delfina Rodriguez has helped with it since the first show. And she teaches cooking at the Colorado Center for the Blind. She's blind. And she gave me the name of a woman that was a former student. I knew her when I was a student there. Who is amazing at using spices. So I interviewed her. I called Colorado Mountain College Culinary Arts School. And talked to the director of that about what can be done to make food taste better. Um, One of the things I learned is that food cools faster at higher altitudes. Mm -hmm. So if you're at our altitude up here, don't wait for other people to start eating. (laughs) And um, so I talked to him and I'm trying to think who else.
0: Well, we are just about out of okay. time. I hate to cut you off, and I'm looking forward to listening to that program. Uh-huh. I want to thank you, Nick Eisenberg, for everything you're doing. So impressed by your work as a journalist. Um, so thank you. Yeah, sure.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Katie and
0: Kay. Uh-huh. and thank you, Jeannie Solder, yeah. for Thanks. co-hosting. We're all headed up to the Aspen Public Radio event. Elsa Chang tonight. Mm-hmm. I think there's still tickets for anybody who. Might be interested in meeting us there. All right, have a great evening, and um, stay tuned to Katie and K.